Today we begin a new seven-week sermon series entitled Romans, A Different Perspective. Through the end of September, we will be focusing on a variety of scripture passages from Paul's letter to the Church of Rome, offering for your consideration perhaps a different perspective on Paul's message. The series will draw upon Paul's understanding of how the church is called to be faithful disciples of Jesus in the world. Paul's words, written long ago, will still speak to the church today as we seek to follow Christ in our everyday living. Today we begin with the concept of worship as the Apostle Paul encourages us each to be a living sacrifice. Before we begin, please take a moment and pray with me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. The Apostle Paul urges us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is our true and proper worship. Well, what exactly is worship? When I was younger, I understood worship as what we do on Sunday mornings. And here we find ourselves now worshiping God in this online virtual YouTube experience. Is that really worship? But honestly, even in-person in person worship on Sunday mornings can be, let's say, at times a little less than fulfilling. How often have you come away from a worship service without being fed, without making some connection to the music or the liturgy or the sermon? Have you ever said or heard someone say, I don't go to church anymore or I don't watch the online worship service because I really don't get anything out of it? Why do we attend church or for now watch church on the internet? I sometimes forget that it's not about me. Church is not about me. It's not about what I get out of attending a worship service, be it in person or online, but rather what I give, what I give to God. Now, I understand there needs to be some personal, personal fulfillment in attending church. If we don't feel that connection with God and the pastor and the congregation, if we don't feel welcome and included in the life of the church, it's hard to engage and to worship. But we should never overlook the ultimate goal of worship. I've come to realize that worship is about God, not so much about me. It's what I offer to God. As Paul urges, it's what is holy and pleasing to God. This is our true and proper worship. For I am called to glorify and enjoy God. Does that sound familiar? Perhaps you may recall that as Presbyterians, we are governed by the book of confessions in addition to the book of order. You may have studied the Westminster Confession of Faith or the Westminster Shorter or Larger Catechism. Maybe you remember that very first question in each of the two catechisms. Some people even believe that first question represents our sole purpose in life. The question asks, what is the chief end of man? Or in other words, what is our purpose? What are we supposed to live out here on earth? And the answer is, we are called to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. We glorify and enjoy God through worship. 
So does that mean as long as we show up on Sunday mornings or tune into YouTube, we've met the expectation that we can check off that box for worshiping God and thereby glorifying and enjoying God? I don't think so. As you might have already realized, my early understanding of worship was flawed. Worship is not just the process of attending church. In fact, I believe that we can make the argument that worship is a way of life. Worship is how we should live our lives. Worship is not a few hours on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday evening. Worship is a 24-7 operation. Remember, Paul urges us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is our true and proper worship. We should offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, not just today, but every day. As such, worship is a continuous process. There is no on and off switch. We don't just worship when it suits us or when we need something. We should worship God. We should glorify and enjoy God all the time. This should be how we live our lives. But honestly, that is no easy task. It takes great sacrifice. It takes a sacrifice every day to put God first and not to put me first. And let me be the first to admit, I can't do it. I can't do it alone. I need God and I need my brothers and sisters in Christ to help me offer my body as a living sacrifice, that which is holy and pleasing to God. I need help making sacrifices. I summon that help through daily prayer with God, through daily reading of my Bible. I ask my family and friends to encourage me and to hold me accountable. I strive to consider if my actions are pleasing to God and bring him glory. God has given me many gifts. Am I using them wisely? I'm reminded that the use of our God-given gifts is holy and pleasing to God. The use of these gifts glorifies God. So consider this. When you use your gifts, do so with that in mind and with great passion. If God gifted you with the melodic voice, sing with passion. If you are a gifted teacher, teach with passion. If you are a gifted leader, lead with passion. If you serve God by caring for others, care with passion. If you serve by mopping floors, mop with passion, all to the glory of God. What else might sacrifice look like in regard to worship? For example, how do we worship in this new online environment? Our congregational worship, although not in the community that we are normally accustomed should be what is often referred to as informed worship. That is, when we come to worship God, we should be fully present. Again, this can be a sacrifice, uh, not only when we attend church, but perhaps even more so when we sit down in front of a screen to watch a virtual online worship service. When we are engaged in worship, we do so as an offering of ourselves, our bodies, as a living sacrifice, meaning that we are attentive, fully present, and open to the work of the Holy Spirit. Furthermore, Paul encourages us in our worship practices in verse 2 when he tells us, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, 
Be mindful in nature. Be aware. Be engaged. Be present. Be sincere. Be passionate. Take the opportunity to renew your mind through worship as you participate in this worship today and next Sunday and the Sundays to come. Learn something about God. Feel something about God. Appreciate something about God. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Consider this. If we focus on the transformation of the mind while we are engaged in worship, and if we understand worship not to be just Sunday or Wednesday, but every day, in fact, every moment in every day, would we not be fulfilling Paul's command to offer our bodies as living sacrifices and to be transformed by the renewing of our mind? When we do so, then we will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will for our lives. In essence, for our purpose. That is worship to the glory of God. For we are called, as described in the Westminster Shorter Catechism, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Enjoy God forever. A perspective that, in this case, as Paul urges, requires us to, number one, make sacrifices, and number two, to not conform to the pattern of the world, or perhaps, in other words, to live outside the norm, to live outside of our comfort zone. I believe this is what Paul wants us to consider. I wonder, is that what he was saying some 2,000 years ago? Now, when Paul wrote this letter to the Romans, the context of sacrifice was a bit different. The sacrifice that Paul was referencing was something different than the norm. The norm being the sacrifice of burnt offerings or animals, let's face it, in our present Western culture, we no longer present animal sacrifices to God as an act of worship. But at the time, such acts were seen as worshipful duty, and in some cases, even an expectation. Now, I've understood that a worshipful, worshipful sacrifice should be something that comes from a desire as opposed to an obligation. We should want to as opposed to have to, that we should want to give God our very best. I believe that is what Paul is alluding to when he speaks of offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, that we should worship out of desire, not out of expectation, that we should offer our very best. Sacrificing animals as opposed to making a personal sacrifice could also have been seen as not offering the very best. As Paul explains to the Romans, making a personal sacrifice demonstrated a commitment to the gospel and an opportunity to respond to God's grace. What happens when we don't give our very best to God? We can look at the story of Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. To paraphrase, 
Abel gave his very best. Cain, not so much. Note that Abel chose to sacrifice the best cut of beef, young and tender, while Cain's choice of the fruits of the soil were not likely his very best. And God recognized this as well as recognized what was in the respective hearts of these two brothers. As we continue in Genesis, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. In other words, give your very best. It is a sacrifice to do so. Sin is lurking if you do not give your best, and you must work hard. You must make sacrifices to overcome it. I believe that this is a poignant example of what Paul is saying to the Romans. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Give God your very best. For didn't God sacrifice his very best, his one and only begotten son, for us? Paul describes this when he says, in view of God's mercy. Paul urges the Romans, and in fact, all of us, even today, in view of God's mercy, or with a different perspective in mind, perhaps, let's say, in light of God's sacrifice, or even perhaps in the name of Christ Jesus. Paul outlined in earlier chapters of his letter to the Romans the theology behind this new covenant with God made through Jesus, that we are saved by grace and not by works, as he referenced in Romans chapter 3 and again in chapter 11. It's not what we do, but rather what has been done for us. Sacrificing animals is no longer necessary. Additionally, Paul elaborates in his letter to the Galatians chapter 3 verses 24 and 25. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. In years past and even today, we can sometimes fall prey to worshiping the law or meeting an expectation as opposed to worshiping God. In other words, if we simply meet the intent of the law, then we have met the expectation of following God's command. But as we have learned from the story of Cain and Abel, the intent must be from our heart to give our very best as opposed to simply following some doctrine like making a sacrifice because we have to, not because we want to. In our first reading today, the prophet Isaiah warned of this. The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules that they have been taught. Why do you attend church? If you're a child or a teenager, perhaps because your parents make you. As an adult, perhaps you feel some sense of family or community obligation. Peer pressure is relevant at any age. I've even heard people say that they attend because executives from their work go to church and therefore it's expected that they also attend. 
We've been taught that we're supposed to go to church, to attend worship. Do you really want to be here? Whether it's sitting in a pew or sitting in front of a computer screen, do you really want to be here? God wants you and me to be here. God wants us to all participate in worship and to be engaged because we want to be, not because we have to be. When we want to worship, that's informed sacrifice. When we truly understand and embrace the gift of redemption, when we joyfully acknowledge that our sins have been forgiven on the cross through the sacrificial death of the Son, when we recognize and celebrate that all we have is provided through the grace and love of God, and when we gratefully accept that one day we will join Christ Jesus in eternal life, that's informed worship, holy and pleasing to God. Paul's words written long ago still speak to the church today as we seek to follow Christ in our everyday living Coming into relationship with God by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior relieves us of the oppression and dominance of sin. For by the grace of God, we are forgiven. But sin is not removed from our lives. Just as the Lord said to Cain in Genesis, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. We must work hard. We must make sacrifices to overcome it. We must be prepared to step out of our comfort zones and to allow God to work within us. Paul's message to the Romans continues to be pertinent to us even in this moment. Three simple lines of Scripture that are timeless in their guidance and importance, providing us with comfort and direction. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing of the mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. My prayer for us today, may we all find our way to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to the Lord. May we all live a life that is holy and pleasing to God. May we all be open to the transformative work of the Holy Spirit. And may we all discover what what God's will is for our lives. Let us worship God every moment of every day with passion and humility as we cling to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. May it be so this day and forevermore. Amen.